Hello and welcome to the Immigrant Incorporate podcast. My guest today, Ali, is a multilingual urbanist who brings a people-centered approach to planning and community development. She is currently the VP of Planning and Design at MJA, a public relations and communications firm headquarters in New York City. Ali is also the head of the New York City chapter at the Center for Conscious Design and board member at GARA, a CBO that advocates for Brazilian immigrants. Ali is one of the amazing women that shared their story in my book, Thriving in Intersectionality. I'm excited to have you join our conversation on our experiences as an immigrant in the corporate workplace. Thank you for joining us. Hello and welcome to the Immigrant Incorporate podcast. On this podcast, you will learn from lived experiences how to thrive in the corporate workplace as an immigrant. My name is Lola Adeyemo. I am the CEO of EQI Mindset and the founder of the nonprofit Immigrant Incorporate Inc. I work with organizations to build inclusive workplaces. On this podcast, I will be amplifying immigrant voices from within corporate organizations through solo episodes as well as guest interviews. It is a global world of work, and I'm very sure you can learn a thing or two from my guests who are originally from different parts of the world and their experiences working in the corporate workplace. Hello and welcome to the Immigrant Incorporate podcast. I'm excited to share my conversation with my guest today, someone that I spoke with a couple of months ago, feels like a lifetime ago, uh, because she's one of the women that shared their stories in my book, Thriving in Intersectionality. Alini Estefan, thank you so much for being here today. How have you been? Thanks for having me. I've been great. Very nice to see you to again. Me story again with you yeah nice to see you again all right we're gonna dive right in and just um i would ask you to introduce yourself of course the first part is tell us about your immigrant story um take us back to your background where were you born where did you grow up what was that like so i am from sao paulo brazil i grew up there i actually lived in the same building for almost my whole life and I have a background in architecture and urbanism. And before moving to, to the U.S., I, live, uh, I currently live in New York, but before moving here, I, I was working in the field of urban planning. I've worked for several departments in the City Hall of Sao Paulo. And I decided to come here because I wanted to do more, you know, so I had a quite frustrating experience working for the government in Brazil because as all the governments, I think it was very bureaucratic and it was very corrupt as well. And it wasn't what I was expecting, you know, so I was always someone very idealistic. I always wanted to do more and to improve cities and to bring the best out of me in order to serve the city and create better environments. Uh, And I didn't think... I was able to do this in Brazil, in Sao Paulo. So my decision to immigrate came uh, out of nowhere, actually, almost out of nowhere. I was like looking at YouTube videos about my field. And I noticed that 
everyone that I liked was from the US. So I saw a lot of videos from professors at Harvard, MIT, Columbia, and other universities. And then I just decided that I wanted to come here and study here. And that's what I did. So after that realization, which took me like 15 minutes, I just started researching about uh, universities and programs and what I could do here. And I ended up applying for some schools in the US, uh, throughout the, the country, actually. And I got accepted into Columbia University in New York City. And I ended up coming here. I graduated uh, uh, with a master's degree in urban planning. And since then, I've been working in the field. I currently work for a public relations and communication firm here in New York. I do public outreach for urban planning projects in the city. Most of the projects are big scale resiliency and transportation projects. And yeah, it's been a great adventure. And Yeah, I know. And we're going to break all that down. I know you kind of run over the story and make this seem so easy and quick. Of course, I know it wasn't that. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Um, I think that was pretty cool that you decided <laughs> to come to the U.S. So tell me a little bit about that or maybe your, your, your family, your background. So everybody is back in Brazil? Yes, so my family is back in Brazil. I think it was my experience is kind of different from other people, I think, because a lot of people dreamed about living in New York before. So they had this symbol of New York as like a perfect city and they really, really wanted to come here. But for me, I was very open. So I was very happy that I got accepted in a school here in New York City and I really like living in the city. But it was never planned, you know? It's not yeah, that- it wasn't like you were at home and yeah. yearning to go live in America. Yeah, um, yeah. You had a life back home. Yeah, yeah. And my family was kind of surprised when I said that I wanted to move because I was the first one to move out of the country, you know? And they were like, oh, are you sure you want to do this? It's going to be, everything is going to be different. We're not going to be there. The culture will be different. But I was very decided and was very excited with the move. So yeah. that was, that was, that was very brave. And, and you said you lived in the same city or yeah. the same house? For... The, same, the same house. Wow. Before then. Wow. That's amazing. Well, you're very brave. <laughs> And we'll talk about that. And, and I think that's why your experience is also unique because we're talking about immigrants being a, a spectrum, right? There are people who were brought here as, as kids who technically they, they were raised in America, right? Uh, but legally are considered immigrants or, um, or individually they consider themselves as immigrants. Mm-hmm. And then we're talking about somebody like you who was raised in a different country, grew to adulthood, got your degree, and started work, right? You joined the workforce back home, back in Brazil, and then made the decision to go study in the U.S. You didn't even have a location. You said you applied to different states in the U.S.? Yes, Yes, I did. Okay, so ultimately, what made you choose the program you did? So, first is a very good school, right? The program is very well-rated. And I got a scholarship, uh, like a fully funded scholarship. So I just, oh, wow. like for me, I was like, okay, I, 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 I think all I'm the stars, all the stars are aligning. 
Yeah. Did you feel a little bit nervous um, towards the time when it was time to move or how, what were you feeling like when it was time to go? Oh, I was super nervous. It was <laughs> very, very difficult for me because I had to pack all my stuff and uh, move out of my comfort zone. Yeah. So it was very hard. It was very hard. Yeah. But at the same all time, right. I was very excited because... I, it's something that I really wanted, and I think I got it uh, the best way that that I could. So, yeah, that's amazing. Well, kudos to you for making that move. I thought I was crazy because I left. I left a relatively small town, um, but I didn't live in the same home all my life. I have a couple of neighborhoods, um, but it's still the same feel, right? When you move away from home. Uh, and come a long distance to where you don't have your close family, especially if you've been around your family for all of your life. How long were you in school? Were you working as part of your education or did you make complete uh, investment of your time in, in education first before you switched to the workforce? So uh, I wasn't allowed, legally allowed to work from the first year that okay. I was here. So uh in a student visa, okay. Yeah, student visa doesn't allow me, didn't allow me to work. So the first year I was just studying. And okay. the second year, on the second year, I started working and I never stopped. So I got my first internship at a nonprofit organization. I was there for maybe six months and then I transitioned to becoming a teacher assistant also for six months, and then I went to the private sector. Okay. And I've been working at the private sector since then. All right. So tell us about your entry into the workforce. Um, what was that like, you know, transitioning from, as, a, as an immigrant coming into college, uh, I think we all know that's a different experience, and, and then trying to join the workforce after completing your program. What was that experience like? Uh, it was very different because I think the work culture is very different from Brazil. Uh, I think I would say like, for example, everything is very objective here in New York. So uh, we usually have very clear step by step of everything that we have to do. And it's very straightforward. And it's not like it's not like this in Brazil, but I think in Brazil is it's different. It maybe is more uh, open to everything. Is more open to discussion. So I had to adapt a lot into this envi work environment. But I think it it is very easy for me because of my own personality, you know, to work like this. And it was very hard also as an immigrant to to join the workforce because we do have a lot of barriers that people don't realize, for example, language is a big barrier. It still is a big barrier for me. I've been living here for more than four years, but still um, sometimes I forget something, some words, and and it can be challenging. And there is also... Well, well tell me a little bit more about that, because I think that's something you didn't also clarify. So what was your first language? And then how comfortable were you with speaking English before you moved? So my first language is Portuguese. So I grew up speaking Portuguese at my house. And growing up, I put a lot of effort into learning Spanish uh, as well. And I never put as much effort into learning English. 
I did study English before. I had I went to uh, English classes uh, back in Brazil, but I consider Portuguese my first language, Spanish my second language, and English my third language. So, wow. <laughs> so coming here was very challenging for me. Like the first, I think the first three months were the worst because I I felt like I couldn't communicate to anyone. You know, I would get the the sentences wrong or I didn't know which verb to use and I felt so bad because I was like both in school and working I was in immersed in very competitive environments and I not knowing how to communicate well and how to answer questions etc was uh, something that got in my way of like my, my path to grow but I also realized that um, especially here in New York, because there are a lot of immigrants, people don't judge you as much as I thought they would. So I think it was more myself judging me than others judging me because of my language's abilities, mm-hmm. you know. But that's interesting. I, I think that's also important to note, right? The, the location where you are. So your was your education back in Brazil in English or not? No, it was all in Portuguese. I oh had. You are even braver than I thought. So you came into the U.S. with English as a third language. Yes, yes. I had English classes. I took English classes back in Brazil, but it was one hour per week. And I would be speaking English in this like classroom, but it's completely different. Like having one, yeah, one hour per week and being immersed in like a culture where 99% of my communication is in English. So... It was right. very different. Wow. Okay. So yeah, you're even braver than I thought. Because <laughs> the language, I, I, I think a lot of, for me, moving from Nigeria to the US, I think a lot of my comfort came from, oh, I speak English, you know, I watch American movies. It's the same, right? <laughs> I can't imagine moving to a country where their first language is something that is not my first language or that I'm not comfortable in. And even then, I still had, you know, challenges. And, and that's the interesting thing about uh, communication and language. So in, in the workplace, um, when you eventually made it in and started working, how, how much of an impact at that time, how long had you spent in the U.S. when you started working and how much of an impact did that communication barrier have on, on you? Uh, I think it was worse before. So before, when I was studying, it was a big challenge. But then I think with time, you become more used to the language. So I think today is not as challenging as it was before. It's still, I, I, I mean, like if I compare myself with a native speaker, it, I think for me it will always be more challenging because it's, I, I didn't grow up like speaking English. So my vocabulary is not as, as good as a native speaker. And like I may make like errors that someone would not do but still i think it's not such a big challenge anymore yeah okay so i know we had a conversation as part of my book and i wanted to go back to the name to your name right you had some interesting stories to share about that experience and you know trying to get work and tell yeah tell us the story about your name so my name is alini which is a name that it they don't have here in the U.S. I think they have Aileen, which is kind of similar, but it's not the same thing. 
So and for you, Aline is spelled A-L-I-N-E, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I, I noticed that my name was kind of a barrier as well because at the beginning of every meeting that I had, I would have to spend at least maybe five minutes or so just explaining how to pronounce my name, where is my name from. And people were curious. I know they didn't mean to offend me or anything, but it kind of made me feel like I didn't belong, you know, because I don't have a name that is recognizable. And also, like, no one could pronounce my name correctly. They would say A-line or something else and I realized that when I, I I decided to go by Ellie which is the name that I use right now and I, I realized it made my life easier because I can just everyone recognizes it everyone knows how to pronounce it and feels like it's more accepted hmm. yeah I mean some of the decisions we have to make as immigrants right just to move along to thrive in the workplace yeah well, I love Alini and, you know, I, I think we do what we have to do. My full name is actually Damilola <laughs> and it's even way longer than that in Nigeria. But for me, back in Nigeria, we are also used to shortening our names. Mm -hmm. So names are a mouthful. Nigerian names are, uh, you know, sentences. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm used to, you know, using a short form of, of names. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, I think it's a personal decision. I, yeah. I think it's a decision that we we should not be forced to make. And um, for me, it doesn't matter. People, you know, mess up my name a couple of times, but um, I can't imagine that being an obstacle at work as well. So uh, what are some of the other areas after you got into the corporate workplace that you think your background has been a barrier or an advantage, right? Because there are two sides to this. Being, being an immigrant, um, having made a move and, and left your mm -hmm. family, I think it, it does a lot in terms of advantage mm -hmm. for us too. So is there any other thing that you want to share in, in terms of the way you do your work, the way you manage people? I think I had a couple of interesting experiences in those terms. So first of all, when I first came here, I remember I was talking to someone that was more knowledgeable than I am. He was also an immigrant and he was helping me with job application, was reviewing my resume and my cover letter and etc. And he told me that um, because my experience was not here in the US, but in Brazil, I should just ignore it and apply for entry level jobs. Um, so and don't put it on your resume at all. Yeah, he said you can you can add it to your resume, but it's not gonna change the outcomes. You're still gonna get an entry level position because you're new to the country and like you don't have experience here. You have experience elsewhere. I don't know if it's like this in other areas. Maybe it is, but for my field specifically, my experience in Brazil it was very valuable as well. So it was taken in consideration. I think it's because I was working in the public sector. And I work for the public sector right now. So my main client are cities. So uh, I know how to navigate the bureaucratic system. And I know how to get projects approved. And um, something that is also very interesting 
a lot of aspects of the urban legislation in Brazil are based in New York. So I do know a lot of New York City's uh, public policy because of my experience in Brazil. So I noticed that it was very valuable to bring that experience here and companies really appreciated when I said, oh, I was, I, I, I was like, I worked for several years at the public sector as I was a director, et cetera. They do value and it, it helped me getting jobs here. And another thing that was very curious was, um, so in my experience back in Brazil, um, things were different and we had more challenges that we have here because of the social economic situation and the vulnerability of the population. So when I'm working here, especially when I am working with in neighborhoods that do have a vulnerable population, I know how to deal with that better than someone that doesn't have this experience. You know, I know what to do to overcome it. I know what to do to communicate with them specifically because I had these experiences before in Brazil. So I do think it helped me a lot and still helps me a lot to become a better professional here in the U.S. Right. right. And, I, and I don't think it's only your industry, by the way, what, what you just said. Um, I had uh, similar challenges and I think a lot of immigrants do where you are expected to ignore your work experience because it doesn't really count. The only experience that matters is the one you have in the U.S. And, and I love how you positioned it. It's not about disregarding an experience for yourself because it's out of the country. It's about how you draw the value from that for the potential employer, right? Mm -hmm. How you talk to them about what um, you did. Um, mm -hmm. It's interesting because before I left Nigeria as well, I was on a very large project with a large um, manufacturing company based in Nigeria. And eventually one of the roles I got in the U.S., was because they saw that experience on my resume. It was a similar project. It was a similar project. Um, it was an IT rollout uh, that was being done. And that experience that I kept on my resume for the longest time back in Nigeria was very applicable because mm -hmm. you know that, that uh, brought me up to the top when they were looking for somebody to work on that project and I was able to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So I, I think sometimes it can be an accepted thing to disregard our prayer experience, but as immigrants, it's how we position it. Yeah. It's how we position it, especially if you think it's valuable, if it's not completely unrelated to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we should definitely include it. Thanks mm -hmm. for sharing that. What about the level? So now we're talking about you've been hacked to, you know, apply for entry level. You had uh, experience. You were an experienced um, immigrant, right? You had mm -hmm. uh, years of experience back home. When you got into the workforce, were you put in a relatively similar level or did you have to go apply for lower level jobs? So I graduated um, in the beginning of the pandemic. So mm -hmm. when I was first applying for jobs, I was applying for everything that came because it was such a challenging time, you know. Uh, but I ended up finding jobs that were very compatible with my level of experience. So I didn't get an entry level job. Uh, I actually, when I was interviewed, uh, I, I've been at the company, at the same company for more than two years. And when I was interviewed at first, it was for an entry level position. And they said that they were not gonna hire me for that position because I was overqualified, but they offered me a better one. 
so a senior level position and I thought it was very good because I as yeah. I said I, th I thought it was compatible with my experience and the yeah. knowledge that I would bring to the company yeah that's amazing and that that's a good company too no knowing the value that, that you oh, bring yeah. to the workplace yeah. so how, how has it been like working with people your teams um any other insights you want to share there um, for, you know, anyone that is listening to these that is maybe from Brazil or not, maybe from another country, um, has work experience, is not a teenager, is not a young graduate, somebody that has been working and living in a different country. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that has helped you in the last couple of years um, at the workplace to do your job better, to get mm -hmm. comfortable? Are there some resources that you can share? Are there some advice and tips that um, you can share? Um, I think the most important is to find a company that is good to work. You know, it's acceptable for people who are not from here because we do have more challenges, not only the barriers that I mentioned before, but there is also a visa challenge that a lot of people have to overcome. So I think it's important to have this working environment that recognize that we are in this different category and we are going to have more challenges. Um, in terms of personal uh, fulfillment and personal achievements, I would say that um, respecting yourself is also very important. I think in, my, in the beginning of my career here in New York, I, I judged myself a lot because of, of my English was not perfect. I had an accent. And I think that this is all in our heads, you know. We don't have to judge ourselves because we, are, we actually have an accent and we speak, uh, we may commit and, and some errors and stuff like this because we have other languages as well, which is... Uh, an advantage is not it's not bad it's good so while someone speaks only one language we speak two three or more so i think we have to i know and i always say that as well that's one of the things i always say is like i may speak very different but i speak more than one language and i mm -hmm. think that's a that's that's, that's strength mm -hmm. right that, that that's an additional skill set to be able to you know think and speak in multiple languages mm -hmm. i think there's a lot more creativity and resourcefulness that that, that translates into and that's why some people you know some people make it a habit to learn new languages and we look at them as really smart right people that mm -hmm. go around learning multiple languages uh, because it's not something that is easy to do mm -hmm. um, so how has it been with have you been able to go back home go visiting since you started work no i'm gonna go this year actually so i'm planning to go when it's winter here in New York, I want to fly to Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to escape the winter. Yeah. Oh, how was that? How was that? The weather difference? Oh, it's so, it's so hard. So hard. I, I, I don't, I can't get used to the winter here. Like, it's suffer a lot. People told me that I didn't have the right clothes, so I should buy, like, a good uh, winter jacket and uh, hat or something. But still, I did. I do have them now, and still, I don't. It's still not the same. Not do you work outdoors or do you work from home or in the office? Uh, I, I, I usually work from home. I go to the office maybe once or twice a week, but mostly work from home. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story in my book and also to this audience and for the work you're doing. Uh, I think I'm, I'm excited to keep following you and staying in touch and 
And if there's anything else you want to add as a last word before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to add? Just wanted to thank you for inviting me to participate in your book and in the podcast as well. It's a, it's a big pleasure for me. And I'm looking forward to reading your book and listening to other people's stories as well. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, thank you. And, and congratulations on all, all, all your achievements and all your hard work paying off as well. Looking forward to what's next for you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for joining me, Lola Adeyemo, as always, for these important conversations on the corporate world of work from the immigrant perspective. For more resources and upcoming events, please visit our website, www.immigrantsincorporate.org. You can also follow us on Instagram at Immigrants Incorporate. If you are on LinkedIn, please join the group Thriving in Intersectionality-Immigrants Incorporate America. There will be a new episode every week, so make sure you are subscribed to get notified. Please leave us a rating, leave a review, and I hope to see you next time. Thank you.